You know, Bible says this. It says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. You know, there was uh, information that came to our church and, they, you know, through research and stuff. And it's coming out now, certain things that have to do with the, the whole COVID narrative and the, the whole idea that they pushed. And at one time, people were, you know, well, we got to trust the government. We have to trust the science. We touch our, uh, trust our doctors. And we've seen how that uh, trust has been violated in a big way. And I believe that the church, we're supposed to be about the truth. In fact, the first piece of our armament in, in the spiritual warfare, it says we're girded with the belt of truth. And, you know, J.D. Farage is another one that we recommend that people would listen to his updates. He, he really delves into this. He's very, um, you know, keeps his finger on the pulse of that. As I have over the years and still do, and the thing that I'm really trying to focus right now on our church is that he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And it's not to bring fear into this church. That's not the, the point of that. But the point of it is that we dispel lies with the truth. And it says also in, in Proverbs, um, was it Proverbs 22.3, it says the righteous foresee trouble and, and hide themselves, and the wicked go on and are, ca are caught in a snare. And so I believe that God has given us a heads up, and he's given us spiritual discernment. I believe it's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, or spiritual discernment, to be able to discern. There's a scripture in the Old Testament that says the sons of Issachar understood the prophetic times, and they also knew what to do about it. And so that being said, our fortress... Our sanctuary is Jesus Christ. And he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You know, whether all these things are going to happen, who knows? God is the one who holds the future. We sang that today. He's the one who holds the future. Whether these things will happen or not. Because there's times where these projections are made out there and they don't come to fruition. Um, I was watching a website about, there was a, the Catholic Church wanted to make Mary, the co-redeemer, make her part of the Trinity. And there were some people that says, wow, this is terrible. And they went and, and did spiritual warfare and they prayed. And that thing never got passed. And so that's part of it also is for us to be aware that we have the ability, we have the power in Christ that we can hold back. You know, and in the book of Thessalonians, it says this. It says, that which hinders shall hinder till he be taken out of the way. Which I believe it's the Holy Spirit's presence within the body of Christ, the praying church, the believing church, the spirit-filled church has a, an effect on this earth of salt and light that staves off corruption. It staves off the overtaking of darkness that would want to come upon this planet. That's our job. And I believe as long as the church is here, we're aware, we know how to pray. One of the things that the Lord said about these times that we're living in says, watch and pray. Watch and pray. So in order for us to watch, what are we watching for? What I'm watching for, number one, I watch, it the, wor I watch the Word. And what I see going on in the world, if it, if it coincides with the Word or it has any kind of tether, my worldview is a Christian worldview. This, this is something that's really been diminished within the United States. It's like, oh, that's what you, but that's your truth. You can have your truth. You know what? My truth is coming to pass. Which is the Bible truth. We're seeing that. We're seeing that by December 13th, whether these powers are going to be able to pull it off. But I don't know if you know this, but by de December 13th, they said, we want to go, we want to basically get rid of cash. We want to go totally digital by December 13th. Do you guys know, were you aware of that? That thing that was talked about, 
from, this was in Germany, I forget what body, it was maybe like their Congress or something, were talking about these things. And it was in German, but they translated. And he said exactly that. He was speaking, and he was saying, what's coming up and what's headed our way, December 20, I mean, September 24th is a day that we'll all remember where we were at during that day, is what he said. And you can hear these groans in, the, in their parliament or whatever it is. They're like, stop, don't, don't let the date out, is kind of what the impression that the people who are discerning this story said. So this guy had a big mouth, and he's kind of telegraphing this move. Whether that was intentional or not, I don't know. But that did go out there. And they were kind of like, oh, no, don't, don't, be, don't be telegraphing our moves. But it, we've, this other guy that you know, we're talking about, was uh, um, he was on Hagman's show. And he's a, a, he's a Christian, but he's also a market analyst, and he's also a historian. And he says he overlaid the Jewish calendars on the lunar cycles. And he goes, and it, it sounds like, that sounds like hocus pocus. But he goes, who's the one who says that there would be signs in the sun and the moon? Who said that he put the moon for seasons and for times and all that? Whose Bible or whose word coincides with the moon cycles? God. So God put these things in there. And he was saying his analysis over the decades, he said all the things are converging for this September for there to be a major, major crash. And we're all hearing these words that are saying it's the great reset, the great reset. What is the one thing we all have in common here is that we all have to use money. We all have to use money to survive. But God is our supply. Amen. We have to focus our attention on God and not, it says when these things begin to happen on this earth, lift up your heads, look up, keep your focus on the Lord because your redemption draw nigh. We sang it this morning. You know, one day we're going we're gonna to just, we're going to fly away. We're going to be out of here. But I don't know how, you know, rough it might get before that happens. I believe that the Bible is very clear that it's not a breeze to walk with the Lord. It says that we're, we're sons of God and it says we're inheritors of all these things if we suffer with him. So part of the preparation is to be sober minded about what's happening. To be prepared be founded upon the firm foundation of Christ, not to be afraid, but to keep our eyes focused up because God is not a man that he should lie. He made promises to his church. And that's why uh, it's so important. It says, when we see these things happening, lift up our heads. When we see these things, what is one of the things that they tried to do to the church? Stop us from meeting. That was part of the strategy. I don't want the I don't want the Christians getting together to pray. I, in fact, did you remember when in the midst of this COVID scam that they says we don't want the churches singing? Do you remember that? Yeah. I mean, that is. I mean, what? It's ridiculous. So, who was the attack of this? Number one, he doesn't want people congregating so that we can share information like this, so we can encourage one another to let each other know what's really going on here and what is the truth. In fact, today, if we know the date right now, 9-11, I bet every one of us here can remember where we were at when 9-11 took place. We can all, that, that memory is burned into our conscience, amen? What was that feeling we had on that day? How did you feel? Disbelief. Did you feel that sinking feeling in your pit of your gut? Like, this can't be happening in America. This stuff doesn't happen here, Right? I remember my, I was at home, we were living up in Avalon, and I got the call early in the morning from Wesley, and he said, Dad, did you, did you hear what happened? I go, no. He goes, turn on the TV. Somebody, a plane struck the, the towers. 
and they fell down. And so I turn on the TV, and there the tower was, you know, there, and, and it's like still standing, but it's smoking. I go, no, it's still standing. There was no watch. And all of a sudden, the thing just crumbled down. Boom. And that feeling in the pit of your stomach, like our country is under attack. What is going on here? But any of you who, who's a thinking person who did any kind of look into this, you got to know that that narrative was not the truth. Amen. Do you know that there was something waiting in the wings on that day that was already waiting to be put into action? It was called the Patriot Act that took away a whole lot of our freedoms. How did they get a document that thick just went ready to go right after that event? If you ever looked in that, uh, there's firefighters against or for 9-11 truth. If you guys could, and architects for 9-11 truth. They said never in the history of steel structures did a, did a, a building fall into its own footprint due to a fire. Never happened before. So what they're telling you is not the truth. What happened there? There was bigger things at stake there. And what it is, they're... Trying to bring fear to the people. They're trying to bring an agenda on the whole world and the global scene. That's what was going on there. And we're just progressing or we're moving towards that time. But the firm foundation is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The firm foundation is who we are in Christ and what Christ has done for us. Amen? The thing that I wanted to preach about this, this morning is like an introduction to this. That this didn't catch Jesus off guard. None of this. Yahweh is big. And he's in control over all this. We could look at life through a straw sometimes. And we're, we're so all upset. Oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen is Jesus Christ has already won the battle. And if we're in Christ, we're already winners. The focus should be, okay, how, Lord, what do you want me to do? With this information right now. Who am I? What do you want me to do with this information? Number one. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I have a hard time mingling lies with the truth, right? We should be about the truth, as uncomfortable as that might be. And believe me, there's some uncomfortable truths going on right there. I can't even watch the news anymore. It's nothing but a bunch of lies. And that's what Jesus said. One of the first signs he said about this age, he says, be not deceived. Don't be deceived. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I can, watch, I can watch the news for about five minutes and then I want to throw something at my TV because all I see is a bunch of lies going on there. It's crazy. But this is the truth. This tells you before it happens what's going to happen. This gives me peace and comfort to know that it's not spinning out of control, but it's all falling into place according to what the Lord has said here in his word. Amen. That's what he said. He told his disciples, remember when he was, he was leaving, he goes, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. Don't be troubled. And they're like, wow. And he goes, in fact, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen before it comes to pass so that you know that I have command over the future. And Jesus is the only one who has command over the future. So that should bring us much comfort. Like when, when you don't know what's going to happen, or you don't know, what, what is this? Or how does this reconcile to this word? Or is there powers bigger than what God? No. Jesus is in control. The Bible is the truth. All these other things are going to fall into order there. The devil is God's devil. That's right. You're like, what? You ever read the book of Job? I want to go in. I want to test this man. I want to do this. He had to go get God's permission first. So all these things that are happening right now, it's shaking our, it should be shaking our uh, complacency. It should be rocking our world so that we focus on what's eternal. 
That's why this is happening right now. This is actually God's mercy. He's I'm trying to shake you. Don't be too comfortable here. Don't be too comfortable. This is not your home. This is a transition. We're transitioning through here. And what we do here, what we believe here, what we speak here has an effect on eternity. It'll be our testimony into eternity that when this stuff comes down and we're not running around like a chicken with our head cut off, they were like, I believe God. I have faith in Christ. I got a firm foundation. I know who I am. I know where I'm going. And there's other people that don't have that. They'll run to your life. Light, it says. It says when gross darkness fills the earth, it says the Gentiles are going to be running to your light. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. He'll raise up a standard. The cross, the firm foundation of Christ in a dark time, and when all the other lights are, are fading and they see the light of Christ and they see a person who believes with conviction what this word says. And I know where this ends up and this has a good ending if you're in Christ. Wouldn't that be appealing in a time of trouble to have that in our heart? That's what, we, that's what I'm trying to establish. That this is what God promised his church. You are more than a conqueror through Christ who died for us. We're not about lies. We're not about, we'll just pacify the church. Don't tell them anything that's going to upset them. I'll tell you something that will upset you. So that we shake our complacency off the world and get founded more on what's unshakable. Amen? That's, you know, some people, some churches, man, they never preach this, never talk about this kind of stuff. What happens when it all comes down? You didn't tell me, I thought this was my best life now. Right? You didn't tell me this was coming, I don't even know how to react to this. This is putting roots down. It says the storms will come. The rains will fall. But the house that was founded upon the rock will stand firm. If it's built on sand, it's easy to build a house on the sand. It was down at the beach when my grandchildren were here, building castles, you know, it's like doing this, and oh, night people come by, oh, nice castle, and then the waves come in and just wipe the whole thing out, you know? <laughs> That's this life, it's very temporal. But if we're founded on Christ, this is a transition into reality. It says we have no continuing city here. We're sojourners. We're passing through. But there we are looking. You look in the book of here. We are looking for a kingdom to come. We are looking for that heavenly city. That heavenly Zion. Where we're all meant to live. Where there's peace. And there's joy. And we go there. And you go, man, I'm coming home. This is where I was supposed to be all the time. You hear people that have near-death experience. They go in and go, I never felt so much love. So much love. Everybody just greeted you. And they're showing you around. And they go, well, you're not done yet on the earth. And you got to go, but what? I don't want to go back. You ever heard those testimonies? I don't want to go back. I'm afraid that I might not get back over here. No, you got work to do. There's things you need to do. There's somebody you need to reach. There's somebody you need to talk to. This is happening and it's true. And the things of God are eternal. And he's chosen us. If we've, if we've given our heart to Christ, we were chosen before the foundation of the earth to be in Christ. That, I tell you, is comfort in itself. Just like Tyler, that was a perfect word, man. That our sins have been forgiven. That gives us peace. So that we can sleep well at night and say, Jesus forgave me. 
Yeah, I have a past. Yeah, I did things I'm not. And I probably will do some more things that I'm not proud of. But Jesus covered it by his blood. And not only that, I got a destiny in heaven. This is as bad as it gets for us here. Amen. That's the reality of a true believer. That is reality right there. You know, it says that, you know, our years here on this planet are 70 years, three score and 10, maybe with strength 80. Yeah, people are living longer than that, but that's not very long in the span of eternity. That's not a very long time, right? And me, I already burned the best years already. I'm on the waning end of this thing, man. You wake up in the morning and Gretchen, oh, the, the body's groaning, man. I'm waiting for that new temple. Hallelujah. The new model. I'm turning this in, man. Get a new one. <laughs> this one's putting on too much weight and losing too much hair. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Can't wait for the new model. Amen. There you go. I got a witness, man. Thank you, Lord. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. The scripture that I was going to highlight this, that it says that Jesus, let me read this in Hebrews. I mean, I got many of these. So I was like, wow, I never knew this. I was doing this study. How many times it says seated? Jesus is seated. He sees us seated in the heavenly places. You know what that means? If I were to go down and sit on the chair, what would you say? Seated. seated. You're done. He's done preaching. Hallelujah. Sit down over there. You ever heard that saying? Sit down and shut up. Just sit down. Not to the Lord. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying when he sat down, it was done. It was like a mic drop. You know what that is? I said what I'm going to say to rappers, and they, they just, they hit it. They nailed it, and they take the mic, and they drop it. Boom. For Jesus, he sat down after he did. It's like mic drop, end of story, done. It's finished right there. And if we're in Christ, we're seated with him in heavenly places. There's nothing the devil can do. Death has been defeated. Our name has a reserved place on that marriage supper of the Lamb. We have a little card at the table that says, J. Freitas is sitting here, and my wife is going to be there, and the church of the firstborn is going to be there. Amen? That's established if we're in faith in Christ, that nothing the devil can do. But he can harass us, and he can make us feel bad. And the job is for us to counteract the lies with God's truth, is what the Word says, and even over what we feel. Because I had to battle even this morning, because of feelings. I go, but I don't operate in feelings, I operate in faith, and this is what the Lord said about it. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 1, it says, God who at various times, this is Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in the time past to the fathers by the prophets, what we were talking about this morning, prophetic scriptures, giving us a heads up about things that are coming, that are on the horizon. That's why we give credence to the Bible, because the Bible is the only book that I'm aware of that can predict the future, not predict, but write about the future with 100% accuracy before it ever takes place. Thousands of years in advance. Thousands of years, 2,000 years for John the Revelator to tell us there's coming a time where in order for you to participate in the economic system, there's going to be no cash, 
You're going to have to buy and sell. You're going to have to receive a mark on your hand or on your forehead. Other than that, you can't participate. Oh, they couldn't do anything like that. Come on. That's him. What about the COVID situation? Was the beginning of that model to see how much we can get away with with the people. You can't go here. You can't do this. I gave up going to the restaurants during the height of that. Gretchen, well, I guess we're not welcome at the restaurants anymore because I am not taking that shot. Because I believe these are incremental steps to push you into something you don't want to do. Now, I have, a, I have a, my understanding of the word is that God is going to take us out of here. But I don't know how far it's going to go before that takes place. I don't know. And I believe that we're showing ourselves uh, approved. We're showing ourselves firm in the environment we live right now. Counteracting the lies with God's truth. Counteracting pressures that says, I, it's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Everybody's going to bow down to this idol. And if you don't bow down to this idol, we're going to kill you. In fact, we got a furnace over there that's burning. And they go, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I find it interesting that Daniel wasn't there. And some people feel that that's a type of the church. That the church is not going to be here when it gets to that type of pressure. That Daniel was an illustrative of the church. Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego is more illustrative of the Jews. As they're being pressured to these end times. They're going to accept Christ as their Messiah. Which now they reject him by and large. Go to the furnace and says, well, O king. And he did it respectfully. They said... I don't have to answer you on this matter. But as far as this concerns, our God is able to deliver us from this fire that you got going on over there. But if he doesn't choose to deliver us, we're not bowing down to your idol anyway. He goes, he was, he was looking at him and he says, he got mad. They're speaking very respectfully to this. And he says, heat that thing up seven times more hotter than what it's supposed to be. You know the story. They grab the guys, they take them, bind them. Tie him up and says, get in there. And they push him in. And the guys who are doing the pushing got consumed because the flames are so hot. The guys pushing him into the flames got, got burned up right there. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because they honored their God. Three of them standing in the midst of this fiery furnace. And King Nebuchadnezzar on the outside looking. And he goes, what am I seeing? It looks like there's a fourth man in the fire with them. And he looks like the son of man. The Son of God is in there with them. And they said it was a theophany. It was a pre-incarnate visitation of Christ. Who was standing in the fire with them. And they said the only thing that got burnt on them was their bonds. The things that bound them. Burnt off. Come out of the fire. And they didn't even smell like smoke. The king said, Yahweh is God. Yahweh is God. Let's make a decree that Yahweh is God. Because these people had that kind of resolve. Their foundation was firm. They realized, hey, if we burn up, that's the best we're us, absent from the body, present with the Lord. But they had a firm foundation. They knew who they were. They knew who they were. The trials will come. You read that story in Matthew. It says, the person built his house on the sand. A person built his house on the rock. And the rain came down. And it beat against the house. It wasn't like the house that was on the rock was in the sun. It didn't say that. It says both houses got beat by the storm. But the house that was founded on the rock stood firm. Only, that thing was locked down on the rock and it didn't move. 
That's what the Word of God is. It's our foundation. It's who we are in Christ. It's what it says about here. It's true that we accept it by faith, that we said, this is who I am in Christ. End of story. Mic drop. Boom. Right? God who at various times, back to Hebrews, and at various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom He made the worlds. Jesus was the creator of the world. Jesus was there, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Spirit hovering over the water. Let's make them in our image. The three of them conferring here. Jesus, the creative force, made it. Made it. It says, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Mic drop. Boom. I purge their sins. I come in there. I sit down next to my father on the right hand of the father. Done. It's over. Not only that, he intercedes for us. He's interceding on our weakness. The Holy, I've given you my Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, you don't even know how to pray. I'll give you the Holy Spirit so you know how to pray. In fact, my son is sitting on the right hand and he's praying for us. He's praying for us. He's for us. He's not against us. Amen. I've given you his word. He says, I've given you everything that you need. To be victorious and die. I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, dunamis, love, and a sound mind. Not to be running crazy right now. Okay, we do what we can do, but the rest we commit to the Lord. Lord, I trust you. I trust you. I think that it's wise to have some extra food on hand. I think it's wise to have some batteries and a flashlight. I think it's wise to do what we can do. But how much water can a person store? How much food can a person... We can't store that much food. Give us this day our daily bread. Amen. We can do what we can do, but we commit the rest to the Lord. And we have peace that He's seated down. He's not like running around on the throne. I didn't didn't plan on this happening. I didn't know that Klaus Schwab was going to do this. Right? I knew. In fact, it says in the book of Revelation that God puts it in their heart to fulfill His will. These people are evil. Okay, you want evil? Okay, do this. You're my puppets. Go do this, this, and this. And that's what's happening. They're fulfilling God's will. They don't know. They think, they think they're so smart that they have the secret illuminated knowledge over here that we're the dummies over here serving Yahweh, serving Jesus, that we didn't get into the secret knowledge that the devil is actually the good guy and he's throwing out his rewards to those who would bow down and worship him right now. And you see, how do you come to that? Remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness? 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus is weak because he's in the flesh. Didn't eat for 40 days and 40 nights. Devil comes alongside. Oh, if you're really the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In a weekend, and with the word, man, boom, pushed him back. Takes him up on a high place says you want people to believe you're the Messiah throw yourself off because the word says this that it will give his angels charge over thee to keep you and all the way your foot won't even dash itself against a rock and the Lord said thou shalt not test the Lord thy God rebuked him one more time 
took him up to the pinnacle in the temple, showed him all the glories in a moment of time. It had to have been fast because Jesus is like, come on, man. That's all? That's what you're offering me? All the glories of the world? Show me, boom. You know, a lot of rappers took that deal. A lot of ones, they signed that. Man, I saw a video the other day. It made me cringe. Cringe. That they're using this as entertainment? Had a normal looking girl and introduced these demons. And then they showed her, you want to be part of our party here? Sign the contract. And she signs it. And her soul goes black right there. And she's screaming like, what did I do? What did I do? That is so real, it's not even funny. I don't even know what video. I just came across it. I was like, what is this? You see, they telegraph their moves, man. Sign the contract. And then she's screaming like, I don't want that. And they're all laughing at her now. You're part of us now. You're part of us. Jesus could break that if she repented. Jesus could break that contract if she repented. Last one. All this is mine and I can give it to whom I will. All you need to do is bow down and worship me. Sound familiar in this world? People making that deal? You guys are the punks. Look at me, man. I'm driving the nicest cars, eating the finest food, got gold chains or whatever it is, living in a mansion, calling the shots. Well, that thing has an expiration date on it. Has an expiration date. Seven years, maybe 80. Some of these creatures, man, I don't know how they lived as long as they do, but they do. And we know one who just recently passed away, hundred, oh, close to 100 years, 100 years old, what was she? 96? I don't want to go into that. <laughs> but if we're in Christ, we have eternal life now. Right now. Jesus is seated at the heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Conferred eternal life upon us. It's not with someday we're going to get eternal life. We have eternal life right now. When we've confessed Christ, it says, I've given you eternal life now. And we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. I was listening to somebody preach on that. And I go, man, I need to know more about this seal with the Holy Spirit. It says, when we got born again, we felt that it says the love of God was poured out in our hearts. I remember when, you know, I came back to the Lord. Because I got born again at a young age, but I lived as a heathen. But when I came back to the Lord, and I would go to church, and I would just weep and weep and weep. And I wouldn't dare wear a shirt like this because you'd see me sweating. I would be sweat, uh, uh, soaked with sweat because it was, I just felt the heat of God on me. And I felt the conviction of God and I felt the love of God. And then when I started preaching, I couldn't even preach. Every time I'd open up my mouth, I'd start crying. I'd go, Hi, you called me to preach and I can't even preach. I'm crying. Because the love of God had been poured out in my heart and just felt such goodness and such forgiveness and such cleansing. And I was like, Alan knows what I'm talking about. You talk to that man about God, he just starts weeping. We all know this. The love of God been poured in our heart. The down payment of the Holy Spirit. We went into this door and the Lord says, okay, I close it. I'm closing. I'm sealing you into this compartment. You've been sanctified, set apart for my... You've been justified in Christ. But the process is, at the other end of the hallway, is sanctification. That we're made righteous in Christ. And I believe that only takes place when we see the Lord face to face. In this life, we will struggle in the flesh. It's a battle. But the renewing of the mind lets us know who we are, and that's what gives us the victory right there.
It's not about, I'm trying to be saved. I am saved already. I'm not what I used to be, but I'm not what I see what I should be. We're in the process, but we're sealed in this chamber until we get to the other side where this body finally catches up what happened in the spirit and the soul. That's what the Bible says. It's in Romans. Justified. Just as if I've never sinned before. Sanctified. Set apart for his use. Glorified. This body of flesh being transformed at the end of the process to be a, a seed that was planted in the flesh, but it's raised out of the ground, a glorious body. Depending on my yieldedness to the Lord, what level of glory would it be? We know when Jesus appeared to his disciples, he allowed his veil of flesh to fall down. And Peter, James, and John went up, up there and Caesarea Philippi went up on the high mountain. And it says a cloud, a bright cloud overtook them. And Moses and Elijah were there. If you study the book of Revelation, who are the two witnesses? In my opinion, it's Moses and Elijah. The prophet and the law were there in the land. And Peter's so overwhelmed with the scene. He goes, whoa, 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 what do we do? Let's, let's make three tabernacles. One for Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And the Lord, the Lord Father God spoke out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Hear him. Peter didn't even know what to say. He was so overwhelmed. But he says, as the glory emanated out of Christ, it says his garments were whiter than any launderer on earth could make them. Good detergent commercial for that. <laughs> <laughs> it was just shining. And they're like, whoa, look at him. And they hit their face and they're like, whoa. And the Father speaks from heaven. This is my beloved son. Hear him. We listen to what he says. He says, how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? That if he spoke from, it says that the transgressions in the Bible, if it was spoken from Moses, received the just reward. It's like, ah, it's just Moses. He said he knows God. Jesus, the only begotten of the Father, testified of himself. The other thing he did, he said he gave, I give you fourfold witness, John the Baptist. The miracles I do, my word. The prophets, Moses. And you still don't believe. I gave you the word. You got no excuse. He was speaking to the Jews. Chapter 2 in Hebrews. Therefore we must give the more earnest heed of the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proves steadfast, and every transgression of disobedience received the just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, by which the first began to be spoken of by the Lord, and was confirmed to us by those who heard, God also bearing witness with signs and wonders and with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. I didn't even know that was in there. But I've been preaching about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a testimony. It's a testimony to us that my word is true. Jesus Christ is coming back. You know, it seems like you read the Bible... And Paul thought Jesus was coming back in his lifetime. John thought Jesus was coming back. In fact, John did see Jesus come back in his lifetime. You remember when he was debating with Peter? And he says something about there was a misunderstanding that Jesus was going to come back before John died. 
And John was the apostle, he lived the late, longest, so he, up into his 90s. And then he clears it up in his gospel at the very end. He says, Jesus never said that Jesus was going to come back uh, before I died. He never said that. He says, if I will to do that. And in fact, he did. Read the book of Revelation. He saw Jesus in his glory. He saw him in that place. The Revelation is not a scary book. It's a story that confirms everything that I'm saying here is true. Jesus is sitting as Lord of everything. Lord of the, of the universe. And everything's under his feet. And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Either to their detriment, as he says, depart from me, I never knew you, or enter into the joy that was prepared before the foundation of the earth. We have a decision to make. Do we ignore this, or do we treat it as if it's true? And we're running out of time. Amen? Amen. It is true. It is true. Let's don't sell out for crumbs. Amen? Amen? Let's pray.